0: So, do you know, like, the style of songs that just, like, name, like, places, like, the I've Been Everywhere Man? Like, that kind of song? Yeah. This might be the best one of these ever, because it's like, well, she sneaks around the world from Kiev to Carolina. She's a sticky finger fletcher from Berlin down to Belize.
1: I remember the song. She'll
0: take you you on a ride ride
1: on on a a slow boat boat to to China.
0: China. Tell me where. where... in the world is Carmen, Carmen Sandiego. San Diego.
1: Apartment. Thank you for
0: welcoming me to the, to the podcast that we record together in our apartment.
1: Are you hungry?
0: I am hungry for the food that's right in front of me.
1: Awesome. I'm glad. What is it?
0: So it looks like we have tacos.
1: We sure do. Do you know and, what kind? From look?
0: Well, there's a steak and there's a pork. And it looks like we have a, a torta of sorts, but it looks like it's flatbread size.
1: Yes, so you are correct that we have tacos. Mm-hmm. The tacos are pork. They're I'm... al pastor. Okay. And the stretched out um, food item the is... The taco flatbread? Yeah, the taco flatbread is called a warache. Warache. Have you had a warache? before? I don't
0: think so. I've had the components, it looks like, but I don't think I've had... Specifically this.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably quite accurate. You've probably had everything on this before, but not in this arrangement and shape. What is a warache? It's a masa dough, so that's kind of like wasope. Mm. But then it's oblong instead of round.
0: Yeah, that's why I thought it was a flatbread.
1: As, yeah, as you can see. And warache is also the name of a sandal. Oh, and so it's the sh- in the shape of that kind of sandal. Ooh! But without straps, you can't wear this on your feet.
0: So these aren't these are for eating, not for footwear.
1: Yeah, this would be a bad footwear. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Um, even if you put a strap on it, most of the toppings would either I've, fall off or stick to your foot. I feel like
0: they get all over my toesies.
1: Yeah, I think we should not wear it. I think we should eat it. Also, the other problem is I only ordered one, so you'd only be able to wear one on one foot. Right,
0: and I can't go out with one shoe on this. No. All right, well, let's not wear it, but let's eat it.
1: Okay. So, Dylan, what'd you think? My mouth is spicy. (laughs) Did you have a lot of the salsa? I
0: put a lot of the salsa on, and I recognize the salsa uh, from from past things that we've eaten and things that we've talked about in Austin.
1: Yeah, so that was actually fun because that wasn't, like, something that I knew we were going to be served. Yes. But um, we have this—it's actually—we did some research on this just for funsies on mm-hmm. our trip. And Well, when you
0: have a six-hour car ride, you—what What else do you do but uh, look up salsa recipes? Look up what
1: salsa you've been eating. So, what—do you remember the name of that kind of salsa? I don't. It's, it's I,
0: I remember how to make it, but—
1: well, that's half the battle.
0: Yeah, it's just roasted jalapenos, and it's like it makes like a like Mm-mm. more of like a paste.
1: Yeah, so it's roasted jalapeno and garlic, mm-hmm. and I think a certain amount of oil because it becomes like creamy and uh, like. Yeah.
0: And I thought that it had—it is very creamy. I thought that it had avocado in it because of how creamy it is.
1: Yeah, I've always uh, referred to it on past trips to Austin as the avocado salsa, and literally nobody has corrected me. And then yeah. finally, I googled it to see if it really had avocado, and it absolutely does not. It does it's just not a have avocado creamy green thing on its own. So you, I know you roast the jalapenos, garlic, yeah. oil to make it an emulsion. Uh-huh. Do you remember the history of Donia salsa?
0: I remember that it was. Uh, they they say that it was created at Taco Deli, yes. Uh, the one of our former uh, places we've talked about.
1: Yeah, it was literally created for Taco Deli. And
0: now they now they actually sell it in stores.
1: And you can apparently get it at random taquerias in Chicago without asking. Yeah, so,
0: so happy. how to have it.
1: This is Taco Deli's contribution to the general zeitgeist. Thanks,
0: Taco Deli.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great salsa. I was really, really excited to see it. Yeah, and then there was a different salsa.
0: We're going to get to the actual food in a second, but I feel like we don't talk as much on this about the salsas. Uh, there was like a roasted red pepper, orange kind of salsa that uh was really good and had some uh, some smoke to it.
1: Yeah, and I need to be honest, I did not order the salsas, they were included along with fine. the limes. So fine. while I recognize the Dona salsa and I recognize the limes, I have no further information on the red salsa. But I think you might be good. right.
0: It tasted red peppery. Yeah,
1: like it's probably a similar process to the green salsa with yeah. like roasted red peppers. I feel like we're watching just like food inventions before our eyes because yeah. taco deli hasn't been around for that long.
0: Right. Well, I think the cool thing about salsa is it's, like, it's all the same process, but if you, like, tweak things just a little bit, you get a completely different taste or flavor palette.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's basically peppers.
0: It's peppers, salt, uh, lime juice, and... uh, Whatever other kind of, like, garlic or herb you want to put into it.
1: Right. Or you can make it chunky.
0: Or you could heat it up. You can roast it. You can... you can If you roast it in an oven versus roasting it on a grill, it tastes differently. Uh, depending on how long you have it sitting out, it tastes differently. There's a lot you can do with salsas. Welcome to my uh, salsa cast.
1: <laughs> right. I think... Well, uh, the blog that I'm looking at now about Doña Salsa is... Experiments with the amount of seeds to leave in the salsa, yes. and I think that definitely gives you a different heat level. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. The seeds, seeds, and innards of a uh, pepper are uh, definitely the hotter. That's the hotter part. That's where the spice lives. Yeah. But we were talking about the meal we had. So what? uh what? What more information other than it was good do you have
1: for us? Sure. So. Um, I'm just gonna be honest at the beginning of our discussion. Okay. That we called a little bit of an audible tonight mm-hmm. because I was going to order from a restaurant called Warache's Dona Chio. So there's that word Dona. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and they were open for lunchtime, but they were not open. By six PM, so
0: so they're a lunch. It's, this is a lunchtime snack. N-
1: no, I think they're normally open at dinner. It's just that today is New Year's Day observed, and so a lot of places are having wonky hours.
0: Yes, and uh, the th- and and it's a Monday, and a lot of restaurants are weirdly closed on Mondays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so
1: I found one that was open on Mondays, but did not stay open. Through the evening. Well,
0: shout to the one we didn't have, but we
1: can't give a review of how it tastes. Yeah, but. we'll try it another time. There's a couple of reasons I'm disappointed. Yes. One is that whereas this was very good, the place that we were going to order from makes their own masa uh okay which is the dough that's on the warache, and right. so i think it would have been interesting to try it because all the reviews were like this is the best masa in the city interesting and i'm not gonna lie like this masa was good but i would not necessarily hang it up as the best masa in the city you could have told me
0: it was homemade though and i would have believed it yeah
1: i don't know that it's not yeah um It just wasn't as fluffy as the other one was described in reviews (laughs) which again doesn't mean it is we don't know. Uh, The other reason I'm kind of disappointed is um, Huarache's Doña Chío has on their menu something that's difficult to find that I've never had called wheat coche. Have you Um, heard of this? I don't think so. Have you seen it on a cooking show? You have, but you don't know its name. Okay, what is it? It's um, so, Warache Estonia Chio describes it on their menu as corn of mushroom.
0: Corn mushroom.
1: Yes, it's that's a very like euphemistic way of describing it. Spores. It's a fungus that grows on corn. Okay. And when you Google it, it's defined as corn smut or unappetizingly corn disease
0: corn corn smut like like corn porn corn
1: porn um that's that's a different podcast that's
0: that's the name of the episode corn porn
1: corn porn um yeah there's so it's also called corn disease and it's a parasite fungus that lives on corn oh
0: and that's what they want you to eat yeah Okay.
1: And they I've seen them make it on like chopped. It's like a weird ingredient or on Top Chef. People what does who, it
0: look like? Does it look like a mushroom? Does it look like a fuzz? Like
1: It looks gray, but it's not shaped like a mushroom. No?
0: Is it more like moss kind of?
1: It's not fuzzy. Here, I'll show you a picture.
0: Oh, yeah, that doesn't look, that looks like mold. That, yeah. That looks appetizing.
1: You think it looks appetizing? No, I, I think it doesn't. <laughs> I Not think it all. it doesn't. Um, but it's like we eat plenty of other funguses. That's true. Um, like, well, mushrooms. Mushrooms.
0: That's
1: about it. Yeah, I don't. I Only can't name that many penicillin. funguses. To, yes. Um, mushrooms. What other funguses are there? Like Truffles. lichens. Truffles are mushrooms. Right. Um, Oyster mushrooms? Yes, we can just keep naming mushrooms.
0: Shiitakes? Yep. Uh, I think mushrooms are the, the main fungus, but...
1: Yeah, I googled edible fungus and it basically has just given me a list of mushrooms. And I think this corn smut is technically a mushroom, but it grows on corn. Um. Anyway, it's not something I've ever tried before. So when I saw it on the menu, I was like, Ooh. I'm going to get that on something because well, we... I've...
0: Well, we will we will search far and wide for corn porn, but yeah, uh, I was very. You happy. You can just
1: find corn porn on the internet.
0: Corn porn, it's 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 called Iowa. Uh, look it up.
1: Okay. Um. Anyway, we'll get that another time.
0: But I was really I was really happy with what we got.
1: I was happy with what we got too. So the place we actually got food from was called. Los Asadores Mexican Grill. Okay. And highlights are they are open on the Monday after New Year's. Right. Hey. And they are located in sort of between Budlong Woods and North Park. Okay. So, uh, so out on out west on Foster. Um, or they're near the Albany Park branch of the public library. That so. makes
0: sense. They have a lot of taquerias over there.
1: Yeah, near Northeastern Illinois University and North Park University, two places I've never been. Um, but they delivered, and they were open, but right. they didn't have corn porn.
0: Well, that's fine. It was still good. <laughs> it was still really good.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the huarache first. So I had not had that before. I've had a sope, which is right. similar, but I've never had huarache. What did you think?
0: I thought it was good. I liked, because I've had a torta before. Mm-hmm. which is like a harder like base to Yeah, you're you like
1: thinking of a tostada? Tostada, that's it. A tostada's right. like a sandwich. Right, right.
0: I'm thinking of a tostada. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh and I which is like a crispier <laughs> and I like this cuz it was doughier.
1: Yeah, so tostadas on like a tortilla and then sopes so and waraches are on masa. Yes. Um and now this is the thing that I when I was reading about araches, they said that they're sometimes Stuffed, like, filled with the pinto beans. Uh And sometimes, more commonly in the U.S., they put the pinto beans on top. So this was a pinto beans on top taqueria.
0: Again, I like this because it was very uh, flatbread or... Taco Bell Mexican pizza. <laughs> like. So I've, I've, I'm familiar with the concept of this from eating Mexican pizzas growing up.
1: Yeah, this is like a more authentic Mexican pizza than Taco Bell Mexican yes. pizza. It's like a, it is like a flatbread with masa dough. Um, Are you saying
0: it's like a heightened Mexican pizza?
1: I think it's different because a Mexican pizza has like multiple layers of chips. Right. Um, and this is just a, like a... Yeah, it's, like, the difference between, like, Domino's Thin Crust and, like, a real flatbread from a local restaurant. <laughs> um, so this is, like, um, usually the toppings are what we had. It's usually, there's salsa. So if you notice, there was some salsa on the barache. Yes. And then onions, cilantro, and cheese. And then you can typically get whatever kind of meat topping you prefer from the offerings of your taqueria. Mm-hmm. Um that for me was an upsetting amount of cilantro.
0: Well, you just don't like cilantro.
1: I don't, and I. You're
0: part of the the weird group that can't handle cilantro.
1: Yeah, it was like eating a very delicious Mexican thing that I put soap on.
0: I thought it was great. I, I like cilantro. I like I like cilantro sauces. Uh, and and my uh, being around you has really cut into my cilantro intake. <laughs> uh, I, but I do agree because it's like if you don't like cilantro most of the time, cilantro is not just a garnish, it's just like dumped on things. And yeah. so And so it's like, uh, it's, and cilantro is a very hard thing to pick off because it's so leafy.
1: Yeah, when it's like little leaves like that. I mean, I was able to scrape a lot of it off and I've had enough cilantro at this point in my life that um, I can stand a certain amount of it. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not as, it's not as surprising to me as it was when I had it for the first time. Right.
0: I think it's interesting because I didn't know that was a thing that existed, the cilantro intolerance.
1: Yeah, I think it's some, I don't know what percent of the population is. It's like more than like one, but less than like 50. It's probably like 10 or something. Right.
0: But I liked it. Uh, I thought, I was worried because I thought it was going to be like harder to eat. Mm-hmm. I, but it, it kind of like closed up like a, like eating a big slice of pizza. Yeah, You're able to like shuffle it in your mouth. Yeah,
1: it's like a street food. Yeah, so it's definitely something that you could eat on the go. I did Google and I was very close. It's four to fourteen percent. Okay, so ten is in that range. Um,
0: so less than left-handed people, but a sizable percentage.
1: Yep. Yeah, and it's I think it's genetic because there's at least a few other members of my family that don't. I don't do it. cilantro. Exactly, it's a bummer. It's it's a little it's a little curse. Um, especially so, if you,
0: especially if you like Mexican food because it's on everything. Yeah,
1: like Mexican food, a lot of Southeast Asian food, Indian food may contain cilantro. There's a lot. There's, there's a, lot a lot of, lot food. of people that. Use cilantro and I wish I could experience it in the way it's meant to be experienced. Oh if it's
0: dried cilantro, is it the same?
1: Like coriander?
0: Like coriander.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Alright, well after this sober I'm gonna have you eat a handful of coriander and we're gonna yeah. see we're gonna see if you, if you if it tastes like soap.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll have a fun experiment where I try something gross. You'll
0: do a, you'll do a spoonful of chlor- coriander. <laughs> I don't
1: think that would be good even for somebody that liked it.
0: And then you'll do a f- spoonful of cinnamon.
1: I'll eat a spoonful of every spice in our spice drawer, and, and then tell I'll me die. Is,
0: and you tell me which one is gross. <laughs> which
1: one is the least gross to yep. eat a whole spoonful of. Oh, no. And then
0: we'll put it on Patreon for a premium yeah,
1: episode. Yeah, that's our first and last premium episode. Um, so you want to hear the history of huaraches? Yes. So, um... They originated in Mexico City in the early 1930s. And the history of the Huache is pretty legend focused as opposed to like documented. Like
0: everything else. Like
1: but, many foods. Yes.
0: <laughs> I don't, I want to find we invented this here and we know about it i think there's only like a handful of foods out there i
1: mean what do you think about the donia salsa that taco deli says they invented do you think they they... no
0: i don't think they did (laughs) i think the only things that like do like the Reese's peanut butter cup like you can you can see like that there was one person that did that first Hmm. but like a recipe like this or like salsa, you can't say that there was one person that did that. Yeah,
1: I mean even something that's like fairly recent and created at a company.
0: Like Skittles. Well, well I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking of a specific but...
1: example, which is The Legend of the Flaming Hot, hot Cheetos. Cheetos. Where there's there like There is there is There's like all these legends about like a janitor yeah. inventing it, right. but then like somebody was like he wasn't a janitor, he was an executive. Right.
0: So there's so I guess I guess you're right. I I am standing corrected that even even things that you know exact somebody out there knows exactly how yeah. Flaming Hot Cheetos. Somebody
1: are literally invented the Flaming Hot Cheeto in like the last 25 years and like somehow there are like wild rumors about Anybody it.
0: Anybody from a janitor to an executive.
1: Right. Or like, there's always the, like, we had a factory accident and now the box only has Crunch Berries in oh, it. Oh, see,
0: now you're, now you're, you're, you're believing commercials for children. I'm
1: believing the Oops All Berries Yeah, you legend. thought that
0: Oops All Berries, and, and did, and did you believe that the factory, that the, that the Twix, yes. one makes only left and one makes only right Twix?
1: Yes, you've never driven by the left Twix factory? Is,
0: is the street in between, the le- on the left and the right side of the Twix?
1: Yes, but I only look at the left. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I
1: don't know what that means. Is that a
0: political joke? I don't get it. It's
1: not a joke. I'm just, I said I drive by the left Twix, and you said, is the right Twix also there? And I said, I don't know. Well,
0: so you, pick, you picked your, your horse.
1: Yes. I ride with left Twix.
0: <laughs> I have seen that tattoo. Now I know what it means. <laughs> now I know what your Twix tattoo means.
1: I just have the letters I-R-W-L-T on my knuckles, yep. and I don't explain it.
0: Nope now okay all right back, back to our <laughs>
1: um so the legend is that a woman named carmen medina
0: where oh, in the world is carmen medina
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I just
0: needed to i just need to sing once an episode
1: i was like i was gonna do the next slide and i don't know if there is one there's that whole song there's a verse but the chorus is just rock
0: a made the whole song
1: do it, Rockapella.
0: You know Rockapella, right? I do. and okay. so I
1: said that. They say that at the end of every... Oh, really? Where, so I see somebody wasn't aware in the world as Carmen San Diego had like I was. I was,
0: but I didn't know they... I, I have not listened to that song in maybe 15, 20 years.
1: After the kid would do that thing where they had to put a light on like seven different countries yep. to try to win a trip to Disney World or whatever. Um, no, they got to go to any state, didn't they?
0: I, I, I and don't usually know.
1: people say Florida, but sometimes they'd be like Iowa, and you're like, "What?"
0: <laughs> I want to go to Indiana.
1: <laughs> really into corn porn. <laughs> um, after that, they would finish it, and then the host would be like, "Now you only have one more thing to do," and the kid would go, "Do it, Rockapella!" And then Rockapella <laughs> would sing the song.
0: Well, now, do it, Pentatonix.
1: They're not on. Let's reboot. That would
0: be reboot. Where are the most cards to
1: go with Pentatonix.
0: But it's just like you cut to them and they're doing Hallelujah and it's oh really God. weird.
1: If there's Pentatonix, then it's obviously bigger budget, which means there's also like Elizabeth Banks hosting and you win like a million dollars. Right.
0: And a trip, still a trip to Indiana yeah. somehow.
1: So, um. <laughs> so back-, back to Laura. <laughs> so Carmen Medina, don't sing, we already established this, um. Started a stand in Mexico City selling standard street foods that already existed in the 1930s, like sopes, gorditas, and tlacoyos, which is another stuffed fried masa dish. So she opened. She was married. She became a widow. She had five kids. So she opened wow. this stand to support her family. Okay. Here's the twist: Carmen Medina like grew up never wealthy. Never existed. Never, I mean, that's also possible, but that's not the twist I'm going okay, to what's say. the twist? So she um, came from a wealthy family, so she didn't really know how to cook these things. And so she, the the origin story for the huarache is that she started making these tlacoyos, which are also stuffed fried masa, but she, like, didn't know how to shape them, so she made them, like, oblong instead and it just like caught on.
0: The uh what is it? The root of invention is not knowing what you're doing.
1: Exactly. The root of invention is not like having no idea what you're doing, but being very confident yes. about it.
0: She had she had white straight male confidence yeah. to do this. Exactly. Even though she was a Latina woman.
1: In the nineteen thirties. But Widow. she was she was born wealthy, so there So she had
0: wealthy confidence.
1: Yeah. Um and then the other, there's another secondary story, which is that she started making them when a customer wanted her to put a rib on top of two gorditas, <laughs> which, which is really funny to me because I'm imagining somebody, like, bringing a rib and being like, can you put see, this on masa?
0: This is the problem. Don't order off menu. Like, <laughs> don't expect that somebody's going to put a rib on your Can masa. you just put
1: this on here? Um...
0: That does remind me of a, a of a idea I had for a restaurant growing up where it was like, it was like, a, you bring it to us, we'll fry it.
1: No, no. Kind of in like the old, sta-
0: in like the state fair like thing where it's like, oh, whatever God. you bring, you bring us a pizza, pizza, we'll fry it. You bring us a salad, we'll fry it. That's
1: just a frat house with a fryer.
0: Maybe, look, maybe it's a frat house. Maybe it's our living room. I
1: don't know. At least we can put the fryer in the kitchen. You want to start
0: a pop-up where we fry everything? We
1: fry anything. Come to our apartment. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the story. I think... I'm trying to think about whether I have strong feelings about the oblong shape versus the circle. I think that
0: it's... I think that it would be... I would think it would be a pizza if it wasn't... It's the difference between a flatbread and a pizza.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think the the shape, it's a little bit bigger. So like a circle that was that wide would yeah. be too big.
0: I think if it's street food, <clears throat> it makes sense because if it was like it's handheld. Food.
1: Yeah, it's a little easier to hold in two hands yeah. than a circular form. And so I, I think a convenience it did, factor. I
0: could see this. Being a street food because it was easy to fold up and, like, eat handheld. That style. makes
1: sense. Because I'm, I'm trying to, like, do the mental calculation of, like, why would this catch on when something in another shape already existed? And that, I think, I think is you can get more food with your hands if you shape it that way. Look,
0: it's easier to funnel something oblong into your mouth than, than it circular. is a circle. You're right.
1: And but, it has the bonus of having a cute tie-in with a sandal.
0: Yes. Zapato. Warache. Warache. <laughs> That's that? like
1: a specific kind of sandal.
0: Warache? Um, yeah. Okay.
1: You want me to show you a picture? I'm just showing you pictures and everything sure. today. It's
0: a great, great podcast medium.
1: Yeah. And oh, now we're just being quiet and Those showing pictures. Those do look like sandals. Yeah. Yes. That's like a specific style.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um... That's, so, like, s- mostly covered and woven.
0: So we're going to get... So we're going to... For the for, for the frat guy re- restaurant, we're going to name something like a, a speary or...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, You know, like, if we're keeping keep with the foot theme or the shoe sandal theme.
1: So you're trying to think of what's a good frat boy shoe? What's
0: a good frat boy... Yeah, isn't it Spearies? I right think that? so, so Spearies, yeah. Boat shoe? We're going to... Boat look, shoe. Boat, although you can't fry an actual boat shoe. One of the... One of the rules is it has to actually be food if you're going to use our
1: fryers. It has to have started as edible. Yes. I guess. So then we also got tacos. Yes. And uh, I'm going to talk about Al Pastor because they have a very interesting backstory.
0: And I will say that these are we we these are different tacos than other tacos that we've done because these are like more traditional tacos and not like Tex-Mexy. Like, flour tortilla tacos.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. These are very, like, traditional. And when we did the Taco Deli and torchies episode, we said these are very, like, corporate... Yeah, like, Gr-
0: gringo tacos. Yeah,
1: and so the the tacos that we got today are the more um, traditional yeah. style that we were kind of missing when and, we were having the... And
0: I think that there is a place in my heart for both. I know uh some friend uh latino friends of mine that absolutely can't stand flour tortillas and mm-hmm. think that it's an abomination but i grew up in a white household <laughs> where uh we bought flour tortillas from the store and i felt i think that like both are acceptable to eat depending on what you want to
1: eat i think it i think it absolutely depends on what taco you're eating exactly. too. like I, I do not
0: pretend that when I make tacos that they are, uh, they are the, the replica of what original tacos
1: were. Yeah, and I like corn tortillas, but I agree that like eating a shrimp tempura taco, <laughs> like a flour tortilla, <laughs> makes more sense. You mean at some the point. freaking vegan that you get? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what are like what were the least mexican tacos that we've gotten from from like taco deli i don't know torchy's is like more of we put whatever on a taco we can't
0: we also can't walk into torchy's and ask them to put a rib on something for us you
1: can't do that most places no you gotta
0: find a you gotta know somebody
1: yeah you can't just walk in and be like i brought my rib
0: you can't even do that at a barbecue place Can you grill this Here, up? Here, I, I got it myself. <laughs> Save you guys the trouble. I'm
1: like, is it uncooked? Is it fully cooked? Do you just a- want to put it in a sandwich? Wait, now I want to go to like a deli with my own sandwich ingredients and just be like, can you put these on bread? Do
0: I get do I get a discount for bringing my own meat?
1: <laughs> P-Y-O meat. I mean, you could do that as a bakery. You could be like, well, a sandwich, anything. Should we do that
0: for our Super Bowl party? Do a be- bring your own meat?
1: And then put it all on sandwiches?
0: Or Whatever.
1: That seems very non-vegetarian friendly. Well,
0: we're it's the Super Bowl, so.
1: <laughs> um, so al pastor is the topping we had on these tacos. Well, topping the filling. Yes. And.
0: The topping was cilantro.
1: Yes, the topping was no. I wrote I wrote toppings when I was thinking we were only going to get waraches, but since we got tacos instead, just for some variety, yeah. it's a filling now. Uh huh. Um, so al pastor. Is a term that means shepherd style. But it has an interesting history that I don't think we will mention shepherds again in this story.
0: Uh, okay, good. They know what they did. I,
1: like I'm done talking I'm about done shepherds. I'm done talking about shepherds on this podcast. <laughs> um. So uh, al pastor is basically spit grilled pork. And they it is from Puebla in central Mexico, mm-hmm. and um the the spit um is called a trombo. I, d- I just added that in case anyone was interested. Um so this is what I think is really interesting is so where else do you see spit-grilled meats? Hawaii? Mhm.
0: Um spit-roasted stuff. Uh I don't know.
1: So, Central America? So spit roasting originated in the Ottoman Empire in the form of shawarma. Oh, okay. And so the cooking method for al Pastor was introduced to Mexico via immigrants from Lebanon, Ooh. which was part of the Ottoman Empire when they first...
0: Colonialism.
1: Yeah, but this is an interesting colonialism because these weren't people colonizing. They were just people moving. Okay. So this is more just like... Global mo- mobilization. The global I think trade in of some ideas. in some cases, like a lot of the Lebanese immigrants to Mexico were Christians, and so in some cases they were just moving because they were religious minorities, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes means you're colonizing, um, right. and sometimes just means you're trying to be left alone. Yeah. So they weren't that. It wasn't a huge number of people, um, but they had the so they had the knowledge of grilling things on a spit and then kind of cutting off the like charred outside layer and preparing meat that way and they when they moved to mexico they introduced um using pork so shawarma was originally lamb lamb wasn't a very popular meat in mexico and so that's how pastor is basically a combination of shawarma but with pigs it's
0: pig lamb style
1: exactly it's big, comma, lamb style. style. That's maybe that is why it's shepherd style, actually. Yeah, maybe. We solved a mystery. See, um, so, and this is like this is actually like an interesting like fusion of cultures because we they use a Middle Eastern cooking style, but when you have al pastor, it's more Mexican flavor, So the marinade is usually. Chilies, spices, pineapple, and achiote paste.
0: And it's cooked pretty slowly, right? Right, Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: it's, it's cooked it's on like, a spit, okay. and you kind of, the same way with shawarma, you kind of like cut off.
0: And I like it because it tastes, and the texture-wise, texture-wise, it's it's pretty, it's almost like beef. Like, mm-hmm. it, like that. you could have told me that was beef, and I would have believed it.
1: Yeah, it was definitely different from the steak, because we had a, well, Arache, we put steak on. Yeah. And this was definitely like clearly a different... Meat. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It was like rich and flavorful. And that that
0: a lot of, and I, I, like,
1: had the char on it.
0: I like, a lot of pork is hard to be moist and still flavorful and charred and stuff like that.
1: Right. It's very, it's, it's, it's got a lot.
0: Every time I have El Pastor, it's it's moist and cut up into smaller.
1: Yeah. It's like, I think it's a little bit greasier than beef. Yeah. But otherwise, I think it's like, it's really, really good. I really like it when an al pastor taco also has pineapple on it. Oh, it <laughs> didn't today, so you're lucky. But I will have
0: fresh pineapple maybe once or twice a year, and that's it. And you can take your cooked pineapple and back to where you got it.
1: Yeah, well, that was something I learned. I was learning about al pastor is that at some point people started adding pineapple to the spit in addition to the pork. And that's, like, maybe the first documented instance of putting something other than meat in a spit. Mm. And they were like, nobody knows why anybody started doing that.
0: It's one of these things. It's the something fell. It was an accident. (laughs) It's the oops all berries. Oops pineapple. The pork factory
1: and the pineapple factory were across the street from each other. (laughs) And two
0: trucks ran into each other. (laughs)
1: Um, but I, I remember going to Brazilian barbecue in Brazil when I was a vegetarian and like literally the only thing I could eat was the grilled pineapple and then the sides. (laughs) Why would you go there? Because I was on a school trip and it was where we were eating. That's fair. Um, Yeah. yeah. So then another thing, another fact I learned is that the, there, there was a little step in between, um, going from shawarma to al pastor which is something that I've never had called taco sarabes which um, are like I guess Arab tacos that are more Middle Eastern flavors and then usually with lamb and then can be served on pita bread and that was something that you yeah. can also find in no. Mexico. I
0: feel that I can see the influence with the uh, from the first one that we had of the kind of gyro style yeah you know i could see they're not that far off from each other.
1: yeah so I, it's very like it's a there's a very like clear progression that you can read about uh that from shawarma to tacos al pastor but i had no idea about that connection before today yeah, so
0: that's interesting
1: i also um learned a fun fact can you guess Which two billionaires are descended from the cohort of Lebanese immigrants to Mexico?
0: I would have to know a Lebanese billionaire or a Lebanese Mexican billionaire.
1: Well, you know some Mexican billionaires. I do? Who's a Mexican billionaire? Okay, Carlos Slim. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's like, he was at one point the richest man in the world. (laughs) I don't know who
0: Carlos Slim is. Really? That sounds like a bad guy in a pulp, like, uh, western document or movie.
1: It does, but he was the richest person in the world from 2010 to 2013. For what? Um, extensive holdings in a considerable number of Mexican companies through his conglomerate, Grupo Carso. Okay,
0: good to know.
1: Um...
0: I was not paying attention to billionaires back then, <laughs> you know.
1: So he was the CEO of Telmex. Um,
0: but he's of Lebanese. A Mexican, Mexican Lebanese descent.
1: Yeah. So he was born in Mexico, but both of his parents uh, are from Lebanon.
0: Interesting. And who's the other one?
1: The other one, you definitely know. You know who they are.
0: Mark Cuban.
1: <laughs> I don't know anything about Mark Jeff Cuban's origins. No, it's somebody who married into billionaireship.
0: Teresa Hines Carey.
1: <laughs> she was the billionaire.
0: Um, but she, uh, I don't know.
1: Teresa Hines was the one with the this Hines. Could,
0: this could be a podcast where you just have me name billionaires. Have you
1: guessed billionaires?
0: The Walton family.
1: No, it's a person who married into billionaires. It's a famous person who married a billionaire.
0: Audrey Hepburn. No. Oh my god. Who?
1: Salma Hayek.
0: I didn't know Salma Hayek married billionaires.
1: Wow, you're learning so much. I, yeah, I didn't
0: know that she married a billionaire.
1: Yeah, she married, like, a French billionaire.
0: And she still did clerks. <laughs> or, or dogma. That was the one she I mean,
1: at. she married him later than that. Oh, okay. Um, her husband is um, Francois-Henri Pinault. Okay. And they got married in 2007. So every acting choice she made after 2007, was you can...
0: knowing that she was she was set. Yeah. Well, good for Selma Hyatt.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. It's I... going to be
0: sad when we eat all the billionaires and we have to eat her. But...
1: <laughs> she can always get divorced.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: And sell her money. Sell her money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the only way to get rid of money is and to sell, sell it. it. For more money.
0: Yes, I'd like to buy some money.
1: <laughs> awesome. So that's the history of... That's
0: good. I like that. I would. I think that I get stuck when I go to, like, taco places. Uh, I order the same thing, mm-hmm. and I now know one more thing on the menu.
1: Yeah, and I like knowing why foods are the way they are. So I, I have more of an appreciation for Al Pastor now that I know...
0: It's almost as if we started a podcast so you could research more things about food and tell me about them.
1: I think that is the reason we started that the podcast. That is the reason we started the <laughs> podcast. It's, it's making my food enjoyment better. Yes. So I hope that uh, if you're listening, it's making your food enjoyment better too. Me. Um, so let's talk about something else.
0: Let's talk about something completely different.
1: Now for something totally different. It is um, because of our debacle of trying to find food to eat today. Um, we've already let the cat out of the bag. We are recording on the day after New Year's. Hopefully
0: everybody will listen to our two-part, uh, end-of-the-year episode that's up now.
1: Something we didn't talk about in two hours of talking about the year is what we actually like to do on New Year's Eve. Yes. So, um, what are your thoughts? Do you prefer go out or stay in?
0: I, I think that New Year's as a whole, just like Halloween, I prefer not to do, not to go out to bars or restaurants. I prefer if we're going to go someplace that we do, like, somebody's house.
1: Yeah. I think that's the standard advice amongst people who go out regularly. Who have done it. Is that New Year's is generally more expensive. It's crowded. It's complicated to get an Uber. It's usually, like, bad weather and the most people out. In a
0: place like Chicago... Like, it makes no sense to go to a bar or restaurant, I feel, for New Year's.
1: I agree, but I have also done it. Oh, and we've all done it. I also don't want to New Year's shame anybody. If that's, like, your one night out, like, go for it. Yeah. Have a blast. If you love Restaurant New Year's, enjoy like, it. But I
0: feel like this is just, like, our, like, night out advice episode that we did a few back, where it's, like, just our own personal... Uh, way of lifestyle and way of thinking where mm-hmm. it's just like we could go out on the second and have and have a way cheaper more fun night with less people out there.
1: Exactly. That's, that's my opinion but I also understand that the way society is structured New Year's is a day where it's easy to go out because almost everybody has or can take the day off. If you can't then definitely don't go out. Go out a different night.
0: I saw a really fun thing that uh, so There was a billboard that's, like, how many, like, smoking deaths there have been this year. Uh, And there was a big lot of people that were out parked out waiting for it to flip back (laughs) over to to zero. zero. And then when it flipped back over to zero, everybody cheered. And (laughs) it was like, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! No No more cigarette deaths yet.
1: (laughs) What a blissful moment. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about our New Year's experience last year. Last year? Because it's funny. Yeah, I wasn't going to say the name.
0: Oh, At, at a unnamed restaurant in Chicago. Or is it in Chicago.
1: An unnamed restaurant somewhere, and I didn't want to say who, nope. because I really like them generally. The, the I don't, restaurant is
0: really good. I don't want to throw
1: any shade at the restaurant. They're a great restaurant. They're like exactly what I like in a neighborhood restaurant, in, I, or possibly not in Chicago. I
0: think the problem is people have a certain expectation for New Year's, and people are also like, the, the people that run restaurants are like, we're going to try something special. Mm-hmm. And I did this from working at a restaurant. We went out one year. I worked a New Year's Eve like thing, and it was a clusterfuck because everybody working there was like, was everybody was like trying to do something that the restaurant wasn't built for.
1: Right. You know? Yeah, that was exactly what happened. Is it's a place that does mostly a la carte. Some small plates, some big plates, but not an eight-course tasting menu, right. which is what they were offering.
0: And the food's amazing, too. Yeah,
1: the food was all really good, but it was just like, don't do of, something, on the, on the busiest night of the year, don't do something you've never done before. A lot of
0: places should not be, uh, if you're built to be a get people in, to have dinner, and get them out, you should not be a place that does like a, we're going to have people here for four hours.
1: Yeah, racing. and basically that was the problem. Was it was an eight course tasting menu, and the pacing was possibly the wildest pacing I've ever yeah. had. It was like an hour and a half before we got our first course. Yeah, I think we ended up ordering drinks so that we so had we could, something. Yeah, and then it, it would be like two courses would come out back to back, and then nothing for another hour.
0: Yeah, and I think that they it it was like it was just kind of all over the place. Through nobody's fault except for the curse of New Year's.
1: Yeah, and I so I think um, the moral of the story is, don't go out on New Year's. <laughs> but if you do go out on New Year's, go to somewhere that's kind of doing their same regular thing.
0: Yeah, I think that it was it was really funny because we were like, oh well, we're in no rush. Uh, we'll just sit and do it because we had a place to be at midnight, but nothing before then and a, a group ne- a table next to us were like we have a place to be we need to leave now and they like didn't stay for their last course and we were like oh that's silly like we'll stay and then it got time for us and we were like well we need to leave now we're not gonna yeah, be yeah we were like afraid course. we would miss midnight yeah, so we, so we so didn't we failed, need our last course which is fine because I will skip I will find a reason to skip a dessert any day of the week. Yeah,
1: that was, you were happy about that. You yeah. were like, finally, it's I don't like have to, should, like, push dessert around it's my like, plate. like,
0: we should do, we should do this every time.
1: Oh, like, sorry, we have to go. Um, <laughs> we also, like, then the next people that sat down next to us, remember, we were like, you might want to order a drink. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think.
0: Don't go out for the amateur hours.
1: Yeah, don't if you like the best New Year's I've had out are at sort of a local bar that's just doing the same thing it normally does. Same
0: thing or or at a or at a house party.
1: Right. Um I do have one favorite New Year's experience in the past. Yes. Which is my other New Year's tip, secret hot tip, is um One time I was in New York, I spent surprisingly a lot of New Year's in New York for somebody who's never lived there.
0: Let me guess, you're saying that everybody should try to go to Times Square on New Year's?
1: Well, no, so this is what I actually did, and this is what I recommend, is I tried to go to Times Square. I've never seen the ball drop. Mm -hmm. This time I was, like, actually making a concerted effort to see the ball drop, and I was still on the subway when the ball dropped. Oh, no. (laughs) And so I was like, fuck it, I'll just get out here. And... The group I was with, we walked into a sushi restaurant. It was hard to, like, find somewhere to go in this neighborhood because everything was doing, like, a ticketed, like, party. And so we finally found a place. It was a sushi restaurant and bar that wasn't, like, checking people at the door. And we walked in, and we realized the reason they weren't checking people was that it was also a ticketed all-you-can-drink event. But the bartender had gotten too drunk to give a shit.
0: So go to a place where the bartender is drunk.
1: Yeah, and then we just drank for free. We found a bag of balloons and started blowing them up. And finally the bartender was like, you can drink, but like stop fucking blowing those up. So I think he was like vaguely onto us, he but just like it. didn't give a shit.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> He's like, I'll
1: so, well, pour you drinks, but don't fucking keep blowing so those balloons go, up. Go.
0: So your tip is go out. After everybody is past a sober threshold,
1: yeah, go out after everybody is drunk and see if you can sneak into an open bar. I think that's like that's like really like elite level New Year's. Yeah.
0: I think my tip would be, don't go to a major city. Mm. Do New Year's in a place where the fanciest place is gonna be cheaper than, like. Chicago normally is because it it's all the same like New Year's is gonna come and New Year's is gonna go but if you're doing New Year's plus you can like make a trip doing New Year's I feel like doing New Year's in Louisville would be a lot lot more fun and chiller than than a Chicago New
1: Year that's a really good idea and that's not something I've ever done I've only done New Year's either in a major city mm-hmm. or in like my hometown right same and my hometown isn't really big enough to have. I mean, I'm sure we have like a New Year's party at the yeah. hotel or whatever. But yeah. I feel like I'm a, a, a like second level city, like Louisville. It would be like probably like a celebration and some interesting stuff to do. But yeah. not, like or like a or a
0: place that has like a strip that like like a Nashville or yeah. Boston or something like that that has like a that has like a Beale Street or a Sixth Street or something like All that.
1: All right, that's our. Goal for next year.
0: Is to be at a cool destination for, for New Year's Yeah, and not... I went
1: to New Year's at Disney World when I was a kid. Was that fun? It was fun as a kid, yeah. hell yeah. Hella
0: fun, yeah. And you get to stay up late and see Mickey.
1: Yeah, you get to stay up late. There was, like, fireworks. I mean, there's fireworks at Disney, like, every day. Every day, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, speaking of New Year's and uh, New Year's traditions, and do you know that there are specific foods that... Uh, people are supposed to eat in different cultures for luck.
1: Yeah, I do. I think I you know? ate some.
0: Uh, we, we ate some, but I was like, I was trying to think because we have our normal ones that we'll get to, but like, I didn't know so many different things. So I, I found a list. This one is uh, a Thrillist list from last week. Uh, the 11 foods to eat for good luck in the new year. So I want to quickly go through and see what you think of these.
1: See how many of these we've eaten in the last two days.
0: Uh, so, the first one is pomegranates.
1: Oh. You know
0: that in Greek culture, pomegranate is placed outside of the home and smashed on New Year's. The oh. more The more seeds that scattered, uh, the luckier you will be in the year. The oh, wow. Turkish also celebrate, uh, and uh, pomegranates represent a fertility fertility for yep. the next year
1: they say that pomegranate is the apple in the garden of eden really i think
0: well i guess they i guess that would make sense with the fertility thing
1: yeah or maybe it's a legend
0: I, they, they, they <laughs> never in the bible They never actually said for what fruit it was yeah so. uh the next one black eyed peas
1: we ate those
0: we are and do you know where that one comes
1: from I think it's a southern yeah. superstition, but I don't know why specifically. It's
0: a uh, it's an American Southern New Year's Day tradition. Uh, it is some say the shape of the black-eyed peas are what's actually lucky, which they represent coins, and then and therefore uh, you'll be wealthy in the huh. next year. Um,
1: They're not shaped like coins,
0: but it some say that it is. Uh, Back through the Civil War era. Oh, okay. Um, Old timey coins. Old timey coins. Got it. <laughs> uh, the next one, leafy greens.
1: I like collards. Yeah, I've heard that.
0: Yeah, well, so this one, so collards are there too for because collards came up with the black eyed peas, and this is saying that like, uh, leafy greens like kale, spinach, le- and lettuce are are symbol symbols of wealth. Oh sure. At uh, like green dollar bills,
1: like lettuce is actually a word yes. for money. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, Cornbread. Ooh. You know cornbread. Uh, again, another. I'm lucky
1: if I'm getting to eat cornbread. Why? Because I like it.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we we grew up we grew up with cornbread and black eyed peas on the on the Tuesday. Uh, okay. Day. Uh, I should have made you cornbread then.
1: I like, well, I think you, I like it more than you do. I'm
0: not a big. It's a little sweet for me. Mm. Uh, but it's also. ...another southern state thing, and it's supposed to bring you gold and wealth, because it's...
1: Oh, because it's gold. So it's just eat foods that look like money. Yep.
0: Uh, this is an interesting one that I did not know before this article. Did you know noodles are, uh, supposed to bring you longevity in the new year through a lot of Asian cultures?
1: I did not know that. This is a length of the noodle corresponding. May-
0: maybe. Um... But it's a uh, healthy and a simple way to start off fresh. In Chinese culture, uh, the chewy bright yellow noodles are stir-fried are said to encourage a long life. So maybe it is like a lot, like the longer the noodle. You know the what they say, your, the like, longer
1: the noodle. The
0: longer your life. <laughs> the next one, grapes. Grapes. I did not know this one either. In Spain and Mexico... It is tradition to eat 12 grapes at the stroke of midnight, representing the 12 months within the calendar year. It is believed that luck will that you will possess luck for each month depending on the sweetness of the grape.
1: I'm sure that that is meant to be done one at a time, but when you said at the literal stroke oh. of midnight, I was picturing shoving 12 grapes 12 in grapes your mouth. Into your mouth. If you don't choke and die, you're going to have a good year. So I year. guess
0: if you come across any tart or bitter grapes, uh, make sure you prepare yourself for a bumpy month corresponding with the grape that you consumed.
1: Oh, a fortune-telling grape. Uh,
0: the next one is
1: cake. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. Cake is like not specific enough.
0: No. No uh and it doesn't really give you any more uh, round cake are typically considered lucky due to their shape
1: oh they're shaped like money again somewhat
0: resembling coins thus to bring thought to bring you uh wealth. in greek culture uh they eat a zesty orange cake that is often has a coin baked inside of it whoever receives the slice but the coin gets extra luck. So it's like a... It's
1: like the king cake. It's
0: like the king baby. Yeah,
1: the king baby. The king
0: baby in the cake. Uh, that's it. And then the last one... Oh, nope, there are a couple more. Uh, this one is uh, one that we had. Pork. Pork. Pork is considered... We had pork chops.
1: Yeah, and we had pork again today.
0: And we did. So we're getting really lucky. with. And this is a Pennsylvania Dutch
1: Yeah, because we used to eat pork and sauerkraut.
0: Yeah. So sauerkraut was a, a German thing. Yep. Growing up, that my mom had. Yeah. Uh, but the pork one was also. You would always have a pork chop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because
1: Pennsylvania Dutch are German.
0: Yeah. Uh, next fish. Okay. Eastern Europeans say uh, that that they are it, it's another another wealth acquiring wealth. Fish
1: are also shaped like money. Are they? No.
0: <laughs> I mean. Maybe
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would use fish-shaped money.
0: And then uh, oranges or tangerines. Yeah. But this is traditionally passed out through the Lunar New Year. So, yeah, 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 I've heard so of that. So I don't know why this is in this article. And the last Lunar one,
1: New Year is still a New Year.
0: Right, but not the new, not this one.
1: Yeah, it's a different New Year. We'll but, talk about it again in a month.
0: Yeah, the last one, which I feel like you'll really like, lentils.
1: I do like lentils.
0: Lentils are said to be eaten across the world for New Year's uh, because they look like coins.
1: So (laughs) basically... Eat something that looks like a coin. From
0: Italy to the Czech Republic to Brazil, whether prepared in stew or served with pork or eaten over rice, lentils might help you pad your bank account in the progressing months.
1: Well, now I know why I'm so rich. It's because I eat so many lentils. All the
0: lentils you eat, uh, you're basically the first... Lentil exclusively eating billionaire. Yes. And those are the lucky tips. So if you want to eat any of those uh, over the next year, hope I I like the grape thing. I think I'm gonna start
1: You're gonna do a grape next year. I'm years? gonna start.
0: I'm gonna like show up to wherever we are and just hand people Ziploc baggies of twelve grapes. So
1: we're gonna go to Nashville and make everyone eat twelve grapes. Twelve grapes. grapes.
0: It's so like so okay, this this one is the January grape. Everybody <laughs> taste
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like ew this grief is bad and it's like oh no
0: so, oh no I can't leave the house in March
1: yeah <laughs> that's fascinating and I, I do wish I had done that so I knew which month not which to look to forward watch to out for. yeah but, but well, well alright happy new year everybody ha- happy new year. we will shift our focus away from new years after this episode maybe, maybe or we'll maybe we'll just, we'll just keep th- talking about new years or
0: Carmen San Diego.
1: I think we should talk about Carmen San Diego more. Or porn
0: porn. Got one more in there. Porn <laughs> porn. Hey
1: everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, the food we got today that we ate on the podcast was from Los Asadores Mexican Grill. Um, it's located at thirty three twelve West Foster Avenue in Chicago and They happily have a big delivery radius and are open all the time. So uh, check them out if you are looking for some taqueria food. As always, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Help us grow our little podcast. Thank you.